0: So, I'm using a microphone because we are recording these. So, if you happen to miss a week because you have sick people or you can't be here, you can listen. They'll be posted online. All right, let's open in prayer and then we'll dive into week one. Lord, we thank you so much for this time uh, that we can come together, Lord. We uh, are so grateful for your hand. Thank you, Lord, for just getting us through the last few weeks, getting our people back to school. Um, Lord, we just recognize that you are interested in every area of our lives. And so we just take a minute and just thank you for the way you've orchestrated our families' lives. Thank you for those teachers that you've put our kids in their rooms. Lord, we just, we pray that this is a great year for them. And Lord, as we dive into this study, we just pray that you, your Holy Spirit would speak something to our hearts as we look at your word and um, ask you to help us become people of discipline, Lord. um, I just pray that you help every woman in this place uh, to hear you clearly and to have the the strength and the courage to uh, follow your leading and guiding. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, Undisciplined. This is one of those books that whenever I hold up, everyone is kind of like, oh, I don't know, Discipline does not sound like a very fun subject. And actually, if you look at the first page, it's dedicated, the book is dedicated to my mom, who's right here, um, because she is the most disciplined person I know. It's true. She is very, and you know, at Homestead, we did our summer scripture challenge. She was always the first one that posted it, and sometimes I was always like, oh, oh there, oh, I forgot. Oh, there's mom. I knew she would, because she is very disciplined. She was always, as long as I can remember, every day would sit down and practice piano. She doesn't need to practice anymore. She's very good, but she still sits down and practices, and she's very disciplined, and um probably five or six years ago when I actually started writing this book, I was with my parents and I said to to them, I, I think I'm, I'm writing a Bible study on discipline. And my dad looked at me and went, you? <laughs> and I remember thinking, wow. And then I thought, no, nope, totally earned, like totally deserved because I would not necessarily call myself a naturally disciplined person. So, how many of you would say I am kind of naturally disciplined, like I kind of just put routines on myself. It's kind of a, like kind of a natural thing for me. Yes? We have a few of those people. Look at, and look at it. there's no shame. You all are like <laughs> kind of hiding <laughs> your hands a little bit. I think this is fantastic. And how many of you would say yeah, discipline is always a challenge for me. Okay. So, I am a little more in that camp than I would be. And so, um uh, you know, a few years ago when I kind of began feeling like the Lord was challenging me on this subject and where this study all came out of, um, I kind of thought, well, I, I don't know that I'm the right person to write write about discipline, but I'm going to look at it this way. You know, when you are on a diet and you have a friend that's like a size zero and they, you're telling them how hard you're struggling losing weight and your size zero friend looks at you and says, oh, I just I just eat less. When I don't want to lose, I just don't eat as much anymore. And you kind of want to like smack her upside the head like, well, good for you. I mean, that sounds really nice. You know, it, I'm glad it's so easy for you. But if you have a friend that's like similar, I have a girlfriend, then we're both kind of in the same boat. We're both trying to lose about the same amount of weight. And so when I will call her and go, oh my gosh, I want to eat a brownie so bad. She'll go, I know, me too, this is so hard, it's so horrible. There's a little more camaraderie. So. I want you to look at it this way. I am kind of your chubby friend (laughs) who we're going to (laughs) do, we're going to learn this together. There's no judging. This is not something that comes naturally to me. It's not something that I am like, oh, just go, I get up every morning and just go run five miles just because that is my routine. I am not that person and everything I'm talking about has been fought (laughs) with bloodied nails. Learning to control myself is a daily challenge and a daily um, journey that I have. And learning to let the Lord help me in this area is a daily thing. So I don't want you to feel judged at all. Um, I think it's going to be different for everybody in how um, this subject will come to life. But for me, and I talk about it in the first chapter of the book, this really came out of for probably about two weeks, maybe about five years ago, I felt about three or four times a day the Lord whisper into my head, you're so undisciplined about that particular area. It started, I was at church on a Sunday morning and I was leading worship and I literally halfway through a song realized that I had my hands in the air and my eyes closed and I was trying to decide whether I wanted Kentucky fried chicken or Chipotle for lunch. I was literally, it all. I caught myself going like, The drive through at that Kentucky Fried Chicken is so slow. So if I go there, it's going to be such a pain. And I literally had a moment I went, what in the world am I doing? Like, I'm standing in front of all these people, and I'm thinking about chicken or Chipotle. And just in that moment, I kind of was like, it kind of scared me because I was like, I'm glad I didn't say like, yes, Lord, Kentucky Fried Chicken is awesome. (laughs) Because I was like, that could have been bad so it scared me for a minute, but then that was one of the first times that I heard the Lord really whisper to my, my heart, "You're so undisciplined with your mind you're so un- you just let it go wherever it wants to go like there, it was just all the way over there, and you didn't even notice and then I think the next day I went to Target and I was going through and I had just a certain amount of things I needed to get and a short list and um, a certain amount of money in my budget and I got out, uh, you know, it always happens, like, I don't think about it until they're checking out and I start watching the total, does this just happen to me, (laughs) no, okay, I start watching the total and you're like, oh, 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 and the total's got, and, and I start doing this, like, I start getting angry at Jeff, that's really what I start doing. This is my default. He calls it, he has a name for it, he calls it a guilt kill. Because I start to feel guilty about something, and so immediately I think it's his fault. Because <laughs> like, well, you're going to make me feel bad because I spent more money. But I ha- do you know that sickening feeling in your stomach where you're like, oh my gosh, what is happening? And you kind of think if I was smart, I would just start taking things off the belt right now, but then that would be embarrassing and whatever. And it was one of those moments that I was kind of sick to my stomach because I spent more money than I should have on probably just stuff with the little orange stickers. I mean, it's like, you're like, oh, it's only a dollar. Ooh, this is only two. Oh, this is like, this is on sale. I should just pick this up. I, I'm sure someday I'm going to need a pinata, right? <laughs> yeah, so it was just one of those things. And I got to the car and I went, oh, I hate it. Why does this always seem to happen? And I felt the Lord again say, it's because you're undisciplined. It's, ju- it's just undisciplined. It's not like you were making, like, I think I'm going to go in and spend more money. It was just a lack of self-control. And then over and over again, and when I wrote this, I was actually really struggling with stomach problems. I was going through like a bottle of Tums a day. Now I look back and go, I think it was stress, but I was struggling with Just really bad stomach problems, and every time I would eat certain foods, I would find that it was just bothering me, and I would know it was coming, and then I would catch myself on the last bite of the thing that I knew was going to make me feel crummy for the rest of the day, and I would be like, oh, what did I just do? oh, I did it again. And it was, you're undisciplined in your choices and decisions. And I, the Lord just kept bringing it back and back and back. And so I'm no dummy. I can catch when there is a theme going on. And so I, I just began going, okay, Lord, this obviously is a problem. This is a problem because it's not just one area of my life that I'm seeing this. I'm seeing this cycle over and over and over again. And I think for a lot of us, We find ourselves with areas of frustration in our lives. We find ourselves frustrated with certain things. We start to feel like we have no control over anything. We feel like our lives are out of control. Our homes are out of control. Our families are out of control. Like everything, it just feels like, oh, it's just such a mess. And yet, when I look at those things, it's not necessarily that there's outside circumstances causing these problems. Sometimes it's not even necessarily the thing itself. It's just a matter that I have not, I'm just letting things happen to me. I'm just kind of letting everything happen, and I'm not making any good choices. I'm not uh, stopping in those moments where I think, should I do this or not? Or should I make this decision or not? Another thing that, that the Lord really challenged me on was gossip, uh, talking on the phone, and I would have that little check in my spirit. Don't say that thing. Don't tell that piece of information. And more often than not, I'd have that little feeling, and then i go, ah, it's no big deal. And I would just go right ahead talking and not making those decisions. And that's where I kind of started going this is a problem because I've just gotten lazy in choosing to do the right thing I might have a pause I might have a moment of pause and go I don't know if I need to throw this in my cart and yet I'd be like eh, it's no big deal and that I was getting to a habit where that was happening more and more and more where I had the pause and yet I was not choosing to do the thing that I knew was right or even worse I didn't even realize that I was being undisciplined, right? I would be thinking, it's like with with the hamburger going, like, oh, I decided I wasn't going to eat this stuff. It made me feel so horrible. And yet, I would just catch myself like, oh my goodness, I wasn't even paying attention. Anybody else that happens to you? You just think, oh, I forgot. I forgot that I'm not doing that. Um, That reminds me of Charlie. You know, Charlie usually gets in trouble because he forgets. (laughs) He forgets of the rules. Uh, We react to things. I don't pay attention. I act without thinking. I'm not stopping to make sure that I'm fully engaged in decisions and actions. And so I think a lot of us don't set out to find our our lives and families and homes and personal life and personal care of ourselves out of control or in chaos. But I think we stumble into it. And um, that's why this subject is, is so important. So I kind of just began like, OK, Lord, kind of give me some keys to this this has become my prayer for everything when I kind of put my finger on something that seems to be a trouble spot in my life I start asking all right give me the keys give me the keys to this what are what are the things that I need to look at how are some things that I can what does your word say about this and so I began praying and I began looking uh, looking in the word and seeing what what is this thing Lord why do I seem to not have any discipline and you know we can get tired I think sometimes you know, you especially with the little babies and the little kids, it's, uh, you kind of get in survival mode. I think we get in survival mode of I'm just going to try and get through today. I'll be purposeful about my decisions later, right? And um, Jeff and I, that was one of the biggest things we fought about when our kids were little because, you know, he would want to be Like, well, no, we want to teach them this skill. And I'd be like, I just want them to go away for a minute. Or I just want the problem to stop. Like, I would much rather just put the nookie in the mouth than, like, that's why I was so bad at potty training. Because I was like, I will change your diaper forever. I just don't want to deal with potty training you. You know, um, it was so much more, I was much more likely to just, I just need to try and survive. And yet what begins to happen is you just feel like you're drowning in all of this just trying to survive, and you're not making any purposeful decisions. You feel like your life is out of control. Your life is happening to you. And within the realm of that, it's so important that we figure out, what are some things that I can exercise self-control? And how can I be purposeful and not just react to all the things happening, but actually be purposeful in making decisions? We have to pay attention to the little things. And, and some of you were here Sunday morning. I, I shared a little bit on self-control. And we were talking about a lack of self-control. Proverbs 25 says, a lack a person without self-control is like a city with broken down walls. And in Bible times, the walls of the city were the things that kept you safe. If your enemy saw that your walls were broken down, that's when they would come in because you were vulnerable. They knew that there was a way that they could get in. And Proverbs tells us that a person without self-control, it might not seem like a big deal to just keep throwing stuff in your cart. It might not seem like a big deal to just kind of say the thing that comes to your mind. But the truth is, when we aren't practicing self-control, we are a city with broken down walls. And it makes us vulnerable. It makes us vulnerable to make bad decisions. Because if we don't discipline ourselves in the small things, eventually we'll find ourselves undisciplined in the big things. And we talked about that on Sunday morning. It's the same muscle. We don't have like... um, We we can tend to think, well, if it's really important, then I'm going to really be self-controlled. It's the same muscle. The little things are the same muscle that you use for the big decisions. And so learning to practice this is so, so, so important. Um, As I began studying this topic, I stumbled on an article about an actress who had just had an affair and had left her husband for someone else. And it was kind of one of those People magazine articles later after the fact of like, what happened? And she, there was a quote in there, and it stopped me in my tracks. And she said, I never once thought that what I was doing was okay. I just didn't want to stop. And I kind of thought, whoa, that's a big statement. And yet when I think about it, that's a really big thing. But how many times do we do that same thing and go, I know that it's not the right thing. I know I should be better at that. I just, I just don't. I just don't want to stop, or I just don't have the energy to change it, or I just I can't care that much, or I'm just too tired to fix it. And that is a really, really dangerous road to start on, knowing what we should do and not doing it. That's probably the thing that I am scared most about my kids, because I think, oh, I teach you the right thing. But in that moment, will you have the willpower and the strength to say, no, I know this is the right thing, so I'm going to do it. And how can I expect that of them If for me, I walk around going, I'm just too tired. I know I should, but I shouldn't. This is an important, important thing. Facing the choices of right and wrong and not having the self-control to do the right thing, even when your heart and mind and body are telling you to do the wrong things. That is a dangerous road. And I heard a definition of sin years and years and years ago is that sin is saying, I'm going to have what I want when I want it. That is a great definition of sin. It's just saying, "Hey, what I want, I'm gonna have it, and I'm gonna have it when I want." Sin is saying, "I know I shouldn't do this, but I'm gonna do it anyway," and that is a dangerous road to be on. Um, I'm gonna talk a little bit about Romans chapter seven today. I I touched on it last uh, on Sunday morning, but I wanna I wanna go there. Romans chapter seven, Paul, the apostle Paul, talks about kind of that tug of war that goes on in us, where we know the right thing and yet we find ourselves not choosing the right thing in the moment. Uh, Verse 18, Romans 7 says, and I know that nothing good lives in me. That is in my sinful nature. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. But if I do what I don't want to do, I am not really the one doing it. It's the sin living in me that does it. I have discovered this principle of life, that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. I love God's law with all my heart, but there is another power within me that is at war with my mind. This power makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. Oh, what a miserable person I am! Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Thank God. The answer is in Jesus Christ our Lord. So you see how it is. In my mind, I really want to obey God's law, but because of my sinful nature, I am a slave to sin. I am so grateful that the Bible records this conversation that Paul has, right? It's just, I remember the first time I read that passage, you know, old enough to recognize it, and you're kind of like, oh, I'm glad I'm not the only one because he's saying, I love God's law. I want to do the right thing. I think we all have so many good intentions. It's not like we're just like, forget it. I don't even care about living right. Paul is saying, I want to do the right thing. I do. I, I love God. I want to make good choices. And yet there's something in me. There is this tug of war going on inside of me that even when I'm trying really hard to do the right thing, I keep finding myself doing the wrong thing. I want to obey, but I don't. I want to do the right thing, but I do. I don't want to do the right thing or do the wrong thing, but I find myself doing it anyway. We feel that tug of war. It's the angel and the devil on the shoulder. And deep in his heart, Paul could feel that war. He could feel that tug of war within him. The thing he doesn't want to do, he does do. And the thing he doesn't want to do, he finds himself doing. So what do we do with this? How do we solve this undisciplined issue in our lives? And how do we earn, learn the art of self-control? So number one, recognize that this is a spiritual problem. Okay, this was a key that began to really set me free. Because when I started looking through the Bible, at first I thought, oh, what do I even begin to study? You know, the word self-undiscipline was kind of what God kept saying to me, and yet it wasn't anywhere in the Bible, unless you find like a really new version. So I kind of kept praying about, well, what does this mean? And I began to studying about it, and sure enough, came popping up the word self-control. And then I thought, self-control, that is the fruit of the Spirit. Wow. And I never really put two and two together that that was on the list, because you think of sel- the fruit of the Spirit as all the lovey-dovey nice things. And yet, Self-control is something that the Holy Spirit produces in us. This really unlocked this for me, that recognizing that this is a spiritual problem. Now, if you were going to read a self-help book on discipline, you're going to find a lot of uh, talk about willpower and motivation and visualizing your goals and, like, working really hard and pulling yourself up by the bootstraps. Um, And I'm not saying you aren't going to need all those things because you are going to need all those things in order to do that. But if we look back at what Paul is saying in Romans 7, he is saying, hey, there is something else at work here. This isn't just a willpower problem. There is something inside of us that wants to pull us to the side of, I want what I want when I want it. There is something in us that is going to keep tugging at us. Now, the Bible calls that our flesh. It is the side of us that just wants to indulge whatever appetite we have in the moment, and that sin is at work in us and keeps tugging at us to come to this side. That's why we have that tug of war, because we want to do the right thing, and yet, there is this thing inside of us that keeps saying, It's really not a big deal. Or who cares? It's just one little thing. It's just one little comment. It's just one little thought. And when we understand that there are spiritual aspects to self-control, this is really, really, really important. There is sin working in our hearts, which causes us to struggle to do the right thing. We need to remember that this is a deeper issue only because we need help we need help. I don't know about you, but when I start thinking about this, I can get so discouraged right away um, in any number of areas in my life where I have felt like I am never going to be able to get this under control. And maybe, maybe you can think of that thing for you. Um, for, for me, for a lot of years, it's been worry, my thoughts, just um, different issues that I have in my life. There is nothing worse than trying really hard at something And failing at it enough times that you think, I'm never going to get over this. Can anybody relate to that? That is the worst feeling. It is so hard. It is so discouraging to feel like, yeah, I tried. I failed at it. I can't seem to get a handle on it. I think I'm just going to end up worrying about this in the same uh, place my whole life. That is discouraging. And I think that is the place where a lot of people just kind of give in. We just say, well, I feel that tug, but it's just too hard to try and fight through it. And so I'm just going to, I think I'm going to get stuck here. If you looked at the, if you look at the act of self-control as a willpower problem, you're going to find yourself constantly frustrated because we know this outside of Jesus, we are powerless against sin. We are powerless against our flesh. We are powerless against that tug of war. You can try all by yourself, all that you want. You can try saying, I'm going to try harder. And yet if this, if we recognize a lack of self-control as a spiritual problem, then we know we will have a spiritual solution. And we talked about this at the very beginning of the summer when we started talking about the fruit of the spirit, The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in us. When we begin to give God more and more control of our life and say, okay, God, I need your help. I have tried. I have tried whatever the area may be. Nothing is too small. Say, God, I have tried to overcome this, and yet I still feel like I am a slave. Who is going to help me? Then we can say, just like Paul, thanks be to God. The answer is in Jesus Christ our Lord. If we look to God and say, hey, this is an area that, I need help in. I cannot seem to overcome this on my own. As soon as we make that connection and ask God to help us, he begins to come and begin to work that good fruit in our lives and begins producing that fruit of self-control. I never felt like God was saying, Christy, I want you to work harder. I want you to pull yourself up by the bootstraps. Could you just please quit failing so many times? When I felt God begin to put this Uh, point this this thing out in my heart and in my life, I immediately felt like he was saying, I have a solution for you. I have the answer. You just have to learn where to go to with this battle and you have to learn to let me help you in those moments. Paul tells us there is something deeper at work that will only be cured by the work of Jesus in our lives. Again, if you look at verses 24 and 25 of Romans 7, who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death Thank God. The answer is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Discipline is hard, but God has promised to help us. One of my favorite verses in 2 Corinthians 12, 9, my strength is made perfect in weakness. God says the moment, the thing that you feel the absolute most weakest in, whatever that might be, think of what that is for you. That thing that you think, I, this is such a huge thing for me. I don't know that I will ever be able to overcome that. That is the thing that God's power will show up strongest. If we learn to let him do that, if we learn to say, God, please help me. Um, it's funny to write something a long time ago and then come back to it again, because I was praying this week and thinking about, you know, some of the things that I Began to let the Lord kind of work out in me. And I was thinking of what are the things now that I find myself struggling with. And I have had kind of a new journey over the last year. Um, I watched my kids go through some really tough stuff. And this is the first time in my life I've had to deal with anxiety. Never had it before. And it just like, it's a whole new learning to let the Lord help me fight through this. And, um, you know, I'm. I've experienced worry, I've experienced fear, but I've never experienced anxiety where it starts at your feet and it goes up to your head and your heart starts beating and you think something's wrong, something's wrong, something's wrong, something's wrong, something's wrong. wrong." And I started having it and I thought, huh, weird. Like, I must have had too much caffeine. So Stopped drinking caffeine. And then I thought, huh, oh, whatever. And it would just come over me. And I would just have this panic feeling. And I would, you know, think, is this discernment? Is something really wrong? And I would text all my people, like, everybody okay? Is something wrong? No, mom, we're fine. And I'd be like, what is this? What is this? And I began to realize, all of a sudden, I just had the little discernment moment of going, this is anxiety. This is like real deal anxiety where my body is saying, you are in trouble. Your people are not okay, and you need to, you need to get to work. And I was ready to, you know, pick up a car off somebody <laughs> or something. My body was doing that, and I began going, okay, Lord, you have to help me with this because I, th- I have no power in myself. I would tra- try and talk myself out of it of like, oh, everything's fine, just calm down. I'm sure it's okay. And there was no talking my body out of the reaction it was having. And so I, again, learned, Lord, you have said your strength is made perfect in weakness. So right now I'm coming to you that this is a spiritual problem with a spiritual solution. Help me learn how to manage my body in this situation. And I began just, I had just started listing out verses. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. I started just listing these verses and memorizing them. And then when it would start to happen, I would say these scriptures, no, I beat my body and make it my slave. I, you are not going to convince me that God has not got my family. You're not going to convince me of that. I know you're trying. You're trying to actually physically make me feel like they are not okay. And the truth is, God is with them when they walk out the door. He has got them. He goes before them. He goes behind them. He surrounds them on every side. And I learned to do battle spiritually when something was happened to me physically. And maybe whatever that battle is for you, whatever that weakness is that started to creep up in your life, learning to fight it in the spiritual realm. That doesn't mean that we're, no, just like, Jesus, this cookie is calling out to me and I have to eat. No, we're not going to be weirdos, okay? But there is power in the word of God to battle through these things. And if we know that there is a constant war against our spirit and our flesh, there is a constant battle for who is going to win out, who is going to win in your life, who is going to be the one that that wins? Is it going to be the enemy that comes and likes to whisper lies? Is the enemy that comes and likes to bring chaos? He always comes to bring chaos and confusion and destruction. And if in any area of your life you are feeling chaos, confusion, or destruction, you need to start using spiritual weapons to fight these battles. Now there are plenty of physical weapons we're going to talk about But I want you to get in the back of your mind that when it comes to self-control, it is right there in the list of things that the Holy Spirit will produce more of in you. The more you surrender your life to Christ, the more time you spend in his word, the more time that you spend praying and reading, he will come and give you spiritual weapons to fight those things. So think of whatever those might be. I think a lot of times we try and think, okay, this is happening. Now I'm going to try and find all the practical tools to look at this. And again, that's a side of it. I've started taking a million different supplements and all the, all the practical things I can do that help fight anxiety. But you know what? I have also had to come in and go, there is always a war raging on. So I'm not going to just think, well, I'm going to willpower myself out of this. It's a spiritual problem and it will have a spiritual solution. Galatians 3.3 says, after starting your Christian lives in the spirit, why are you now trying to become perfect? by your own human effort. Why are we trying, why do we do that? Why do we not take hold of all of the power available to us? Um, My friend Susie Larson, I can't remember where I heard her share this. I think it was in one of her DVDs, but she talks about, she kind of had a vision one day of a woman going through her life, and she said, I saw this woman kind of going through her day, and up above her, it was like there was this cloud of power that was following her around. And she said, in there, every once in a while, you know, she would just kind of reach up and grab a little bit and kind of help it get her through the day. She goes, she'd grab a little bit. And it would be every intermittently throughout her day, here and there. And then there was another woman who walked through her day, arms open, and would just take heaps of it and just that power and just pull it down into her kids. And she'd pull it down into her work. She says, such a marked difference from the woman who just every once in a while, oh yeah, there's a little thing. And she would just grab a little hold of it. She said, God begin to show me there's so much more available to us to fight for our kids. There's so much more available to us to fight for our marriages. There's so much more available to us to fight for the thing that is that is wanting to bring us down, and yet so often we just grab a little bit, and they think, well, I'll do the rest myself. I'll work harder. I'll try more. I'll I'll, I'll figure it out. And God is saying, I have so much available for you. Will you just grab hold and utilize everything available to you? Why, when we start in the spirit, are we trying to perfect ourselves by human effort? Having a lack of self-control is a spiritual problem, and we'll have a spiritual solution. So that's the first way we can grow in the area of discipline. The second is this, train yourself. Now, 1 Corinthians uh, 9.27 says, I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. I talked a little bit about this on Sunday as well, about... The idea of training yourself of, and, you know, another, I've never been called an athlete. (laughs) I said that on Sunday, so, you know, I'm sure there are so many people that could talk about, oh, yes, I go into training, and I I work myself up. I've never had that. I guess I learned discipline in music, so that's about my only parallel. I never played sports. I never did anything like that, but there is a kind of, there is a discipline in music of you practice, and you practice, and you practice, and then in the right moment, your body remembers your fingers remember. It's it's that muscle memory. Um, just like, you know, if you learn about muscle memory in school, it's like you do a repeated mo- over and over and over again, and you start to remember it, like riding a bicycle. Dottie learned to ride a bike l- a couple years ago, and then this year decided she was afraid of her bicycle. And she was literally like, every time we'd say, go go for a bike ride, I can't, and we'd try, I'm scared, or whatever. Well, then Dad had enough and, like, you know, put her on, kicking and screaming, no! You can hear him going around the block. And then after one time around the block, she comes back and she's like, oh, I remember. I love to ride a bike. This is great. And and then she, it was fine. Like one time, I do not know what happened. And Jeff's like, yeah, it's just like riding a bike, daddy. <laughs> you just remember. But there's that muscle memory. Once we do things over and over and over again, we start to remember them. That's why when we talk about disciplining ourselves in the little stuff, this is why it's so important. Because... When we do that and we we learn to make the right choice on the little things, we are exercising that muscle. We are training ourselves. We will remember it when it comes to the big things, when it comes to the really important things. And so every little thing, there is no small act of self-control. There is no inconsequential act of self-control. Every single time you choose in the moment to deny yourself of something or to make the right choice. Every time you you think, I'm going to share that piece of information, and you feel that check in your spirit, and you stop yourself, you have just strengthened that muscle every time you do it. So training is so important. We discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. This is why it's so important, and I talked about this on Sunday. This is why fasting is such a good thing. We usually try and start in January, we usually spend time fasting. And every time we, we do that, Jeff and I will look at each other and go, it is so good to tell your body no. It's just so good. It's just good. It's good practice every once in a while to just be like, you are not the boss of me. You are not the boss of me. Um, we, in our house, we always, we have a saying, and if your kids have done Polka Dot Girls, they might have said this, because when Charlie was little, and some of you know my Betty, She's so bossy when she was little. And Charlie is older than her by three years. And when Charlie was, I think, five and Betty was three, she used to go up to him and tell him that he would have to do something. And he would get so upset. She'd come up to him and go, you know, she's three, little, you know. She'd go up to him, you have to turn off your video games now. And he'd come crying going like, why do I have to? I'm like, what's the matter? Betty said I have to turn off my video games. And I'm like, No, you don't, whatever. And this would happen every day, multiple times, that she would just go like, Mom says I can have a cookie and you can't have a cookie. And Charlie's so pure of heart and sweet. He could be like, I don't, why can't I have a cookie? Who told you you can't? Betty. Betty said I can't. (sighs) So one time I got so frustrated and I said, "Okay." He came to me crying. Betty said I have to turn off my video games. And I said, next time Betty says that to you, you look at her and say, you are not my mother. You don't get to tell me what to do. And so I'm in the kitchen and I hear, and sure enough, pretty soon I heard Betty coming over to him and saying something like this. And all I hear is, you're not. (laughs) <laughs> like so loud, so loud. It was so funny. And, and I just was dying. And so in our house, when somebody is claiming authority over something that they do not claim authority, I don't care if you are like running for president. If you're claiming authority over something that is none of your business, we say, you are not my mother. That's what we say at our house. And sometimes you just need to say to your mind, I have had to say to my body when I'm feeling that anxiety, when my feet feel like they're on fire and my heart is pounding, you are not my mother. You can try all you want to tell me that something is wrong. I know what is true. It is good to tell your body no. And that's just our funny little statement that we say at our house. But it is good to remind your mind. You are not, you are not running the show here when it comes to just flitting off any thought. It, it's good to remind um, that, that impulse that wants to just buy something. And you know it's not the wise choice. Sometimes I can feel like, wow, I just feel like I don't even have any choice. Like the pull is so strong, and I just want it so bad. And when I was at Beer Bradley the other day, I just wanted that bag so bad. And I'm like, Ew, I don't know. And it's good in that moment to stop and go, hold on, little wanter in me that wants to have that thing. You're not the one in charge. You're not my mother. You don't get to tell me what to do. I am actually capable of making disciplined choices. Whatever that area may be, it is so good to remind ourselves that we don't have to be a slave to our bodies, to our minds, to the things that we want. We can discipline ourselves. First uh, Timothy 4.8 says, Physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better, promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. It is so good to get into the habit of being disciplined. That same verse, I love the message version. It says, exercise daily in God. No spiritual flabbiness, please. Workouts in the gymnasium are useful, but a disciplined life in God is far more so, making you fit both today and forever. We have to train ourselves to be disciplined. Now at the end of each section in your book, you're going to see a Doing Discipline Challenge. So this is where it's kind of fun that we're doing this together as a group. So every week as you leave here, there's a place for you to kind of journal in your book about the things that maybe God is speaking to your heart about. But there's also a Doing Discipline Challenge. So I know sometimes it's, it's easy to... Um, you know, get through the week and be like, oh, I didn't even think about it until you get here again. So we're all going to try the same challenge. What does it say for the first week? I don't even know. I don't have that in my notes. What's the challenge? Spending time praying and reading the word. So just to get into the habit, we're all going to do this together. So maybe maybe this is something you're like, ah, I've never exercised that discipline. There's a challenge every single week that all of us will do. So it's just one week. One week, we're all going to try every day to do this challenge and figure out a way to do it. And, and and it might stick as a routine, or it might just be, well, that was a good exercise for one week to kind of try and work up some of those discipline muscles. But that's, that's kind of just a fun part about the study. And then when we come back the next week, we can talk about what that was like. And it might be like, oh, well, that was awesome. Or, wow, I forgot all about that. Or <laughs> again, this is a safe place. There's no judging. But sometimes it's good to just kind of have that, challenge and know that you're working on it together. So that's a part of, of this study. So the last thing uh, I want to share today, and then I know we're out of time, is to let God direct you. I think sometimes you can start talking about topics like this, and this, these first two weeks, we're going to kind of talk broad stroke, and then we're going to go into eight different topics um, of all the different areas that I kind of mentioned today, um, disciplining your mind, disciplining um, your tongue, disciplining your checkbook, disciplining your actions and your time and, and your appetites. Um, I know sometimes you kind of start talking about these things and then you go home and you're like, and now I'm going to run five miles a day and I'm going to never let anybody leave a shoe at the front door. My house is going to be part, you know, I tend to do this. I think, okay, I'm going to just, I'm going to get disciplined in all of this. So What I want to say to you is ask the Holy Spirit to show you one or two areas that he really wants to work on over the next 10 weeks. What is one or two things? Maybe it is just your tongue. And maybe it is not only just your tongue, but it is your tongue in the way you talk to your husband. Maybe it's just, I mean, I am finding this more and more like, I just want to get that last little word in. (laughs) And just being able to stop and go, like even this morning we were discussing, something, and he was like, I'm 100% sure that I, that is how this happened. And I was like, in my mind, I'm going, I'm 100% sure you are wrong. <laughs> and, I, and then I'm thinking there, and I'm like, and I think we went back and forth twice. And I was like, no, but don't you remember that we said this and this? He's like, nope, that is not. And I'll, it's just between us. I know I'm right. <laughs> and yet I was getting ready to do another round, and then I thought, okay, just swallow it. Now, you can all keep me accountable that I don't go home and be like, see, I told you so. Because I am going to try today to let that sucker just sit there and let him be right in his wrongness. <laughs> I'm going to try all day long. Because you know what? I think it's gotten a little easy for me to just be like, well, I'll, I'll even say, oh, I'm just going to let it go. And then are you any of you like, it's really hard to let things go, people? Okay, good. I'm in good company then. So you can ask me next week if I just let it go because that is hard. And maybe it's just that one little area of your life that the holy S- that God is like, "Okay, we're going to just work on this one thing." Whatever that is, trust his leading and trust his guiding because you know what? He knows the thing that he wants to work on. God is so gracious in uh, in my life in that he does not come with like a torrential amount of things. I have found when he comes to work in my heart, he begins with one little area and then another little area. And he begins to unlock another little area and another little area. So ask him, what is that thing? He knows where you're headed. He knows what muscle especially, you really need strengthened in the next few months or years. And so trust him. Maybe it is with your thoughts. Maybe it is uh, with your money and he's going to know. I talk about it in the book. I had some friends who really felt a number of years ago actually had gone through financial peace and felt like God told them, get out of debt. And they had a ton of credit card debt. They had a lot of bills. And so they began just diligently, and so for a couple years, just diligently worked on their debt over and over and over again. And they finally made their last payment on their last um, credit card and went on a short-term missions trip and felt God speak to their family about moving overseas. To go become full-time missionaries and in that moment they realized we're free and clear we can go like if we hadn't three years ago started di- being disciplined about our finances and getting that under control when god asked us to do this over here there is not a chance we would have ever been able to do that. And so I love that story because it just shows whatever you feel like God is putting his finger on for you now, there's a reason for it. So listen and obey in whatever he is pointing out to you, because he knows what the fruit is going to be over here and what he's going to ask of you. So whatever that thing is, ask him to show you and he, he will guide you in there. So the bottom line is this. Discipline is simply listening to what God tells you to do and then doing it. So the question is, what is God asking of you? What is the thing that he is bringing to the surface? What is that thing that he is is sharing, uh, bringing up in your heart today? So we're going to pray. I know we got started a little late, so there's not uh, any discussion time today, right? Is that right? We're done now? 1130? Okay, it's been a while. (laughs) Um, We won't have a ton of discussion time today. We can maybe talk through some of these questions um, later uh, next week, or um, if you're not on the Facebook page, we have a, a Moms Group Facebook page. We could maybe throw some questions up this week, and you can chat and chime in if you want. But um, do the Doing Discipline Challenge. Go through uh, maybe some of the journaling questions. That's a good place to kind of start fleshing out some of the stuff in your heart. Um, But I just want to close in praying for you, and then um, we will go from there. Lord, I thank you, Father, that you lead and guide us. You train us in the things that are good for us. And Lord, you know, you know, every one of us, you know, the things that we are struggling with, you know, the areas that we have felt out of control. Maybe it, maybe it is that our finances are a complete wreck, or maybe it is that we are just, we feel out of control when it comes to our kids and, and our temper, or the way we're talking to our spouse, or uh, maybe it is, appetite and and a weight issue or a health issue or something that we just can't seem to to overcome Lord we know that you do not want us to be a slave to anything your word is very very clear about that and father I just want to lift up every person in this place that has maybe begun to feel hopeless about that thing that seems to be the thorn that keeps poking them but Lord you have the keys to unlock that and we just ask father that you would begin to teach us to train us how to go to you with those things. Lord, we recognize that even when we know the right thing, there's something warring inside of us that makes it so hard to make that right choice. And yet, Father, you have every spiritual power available to us. And so we want you to teach us, to let you show us how to walk out of those things that have we've been bound to. So, Father, we are just open and willing. We want to hear from you. And we ask that you would lead and guide us as we dive into the study over the next few weeks. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Great to see you all again. Um, We'll see you next week. Bring a couple friends with you. We we have more room. We have more tables. (laughs) All right. Have a good week.